When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Happy summer. Welcome back to Hockey at the Rock. I know it's been a while since you've heard from us, but... Uh, we decided to give you the summer off because we needed the summer off, and the Devils certainly did not take the summer off. So we're going to you know, pop back in to check in with the team as we get closer to training camp. Uh, dev camp's now over. The draft's over. A lot has happened since we last joined you. And here to help me, my name is Ann Rizal, break it down is John Fisher. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well as we have a lot to cover. Yeah, so a lot has happened since our last episode, like I said, and a lot happened almost immediately after our last episode that was extremely consequential to the makeup of the Devils this uh, upcoming year. And a lot of the big story that we had discussed uh, was who's going to be on the roster. There's a lot of unsigned restricted free agents. There's a lot of uh, unrestricted free agents that need to be, um, you know, re-signed, big contracts to hand out. And a lot of that has resolved itself in this time that we've been away. But let's start off with something that um, we'll address the trades in the big team later, just because it's kind of quick. The NHL draft happened as well in the time uh, since we've last recorded. And the Devils uh, accrued a draft class and for the first time in a long time didn't take a goaltender. This is true. A streak since 2015, uh, a streak that included Mackenzie Blackwood, Evan Cormier, Gillis Sen, Akira Schmid, Cole Brady, Nico Dawes, Jacob Malik, uh, and Tyler Brennan. The streak is over. Mm -hmm. There are no goalies out of the five picks that the Devils had. Uh, Devils did not have a first-round pick for the first time in, goodness, a very long time. I want to say as far back as 2013. Um, So they only had five picks. They traded their seventh. They swapped sevenths to Nashville. So David Poley, who is having his final Draft as Nashville's first ever GM, who of which he's been a GM for over 30 years. Uh, he picked Aiden Fink, and Tom Fitzgerald gave him a hug. Fun fact, Fitzgerald was the first captain of the Nashville Predators under yep. Bowley. So there you go. There's your connection. But the Devils drafted Lenny Heminaho of Asap Pori. Uh, so the Devils are trying once again to draft a Finnish player, hoping that he will be the first successful, fin- successful uh, Finnish draft pick, Dan. Uh, it's him. And Samuel Salminen at this, and Topas Topias Villan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Squires is drafted in the fourth round out of Cape Breton. He's a energy winger, right winger. Chase Cheslock, who played in Minnesota, the NAHL, and the USHL, uh, very busy boy. Uh, he's going to go to St. Thomas when they're in D1. So he was a fifth round draft pick. Cole Brown from the Hamilton Bulldogs. He continues the OHL streak, uh, left winger, might have some potential. And the most interesting pick out of all of them, Daniil Karpovich. 
of a Yekaterinburg automobilist in the MHL, the Russian Junior League. Um, he's at a, as far as I know, he's at a contract, Dan. So hmm. he and he's an I believe he's an overager. No, he's eighteen, but he could be signed right now and hmm. uh, brought in. So we'll see if the Devils actually do that. Or if they say, eh, we'll just wait and you just hope and pray he doesn't just stick in the stick in Russia forever and ever and ever like Arseny Gritsyuk might be. Yeah. And, and speaking of other prospects in the devil's system, let's kind of launch into one that we had discussed a lot of times. Um, but it seemed like with the draft decisions the devils made and how successfully their defensive prospects were working out, there was not a lot of room for someone like a Riley Walsh, for example. He's a he's mm-hmm. a you know, a player that we had discussed frequently, but the Devils chose not to give him a contract. And so they traded him away to Boston. And that was kind of, you know, we're we're cleaning things up, so to say. There's no room for him, then fine. Why have him and not have some other presence in the AHL? And that's exactly what they did. And they managed to do a, a bunch of tidy deals cleaning up after the draft. But, you know, there are a few tidy ones and then some marquee blockbusters. So let's talk about, First, the tidying up that happened, uh, you know, around the edges of the team, you know. That's right. So right right on the 27th, June 27th, uh, the Devils drafted Cole Brown with a six-round pick they got from San Jose that they traded Mackenzie Blackwood signing rights for. Uh, mm-hmm. The Devils made it clear, um, you know, Tom Fitzgerald wasn't going to throw him under the bus, but I think all signs pointed to the fact that he was not going to come back as a New Jersey Devil, Dan. He just mm-hmm. wasn't the, the the qualifying offer wasn't going to make any sense. And let's be real when you don't get dressed for the playoffs, that's probably a sign you're not in the plans. So Blackwood signing rights are now with uh, San Jose. He did resign in San Jose. Best of luck to him in the future. Um, and the devil's got Cole Brown, uh, a draft pick this year out of it, which is much better than the Kevin Hayes dump mm. that uh, Philadelphia endured. So, Hey, there you go. The Mackenzie Blackwood era is over. Yeah, and the Devils weren't done dealing with the West Coast either because they had another player that was a very interesting case in terms of his contract uh, by the name of Jaeger Sharangovich. And he was, you know, he was a player who, when he was scoring, he was scoring. When he could put the puck in the net, that definitely happened. But when it didn't happen, uh, there's not much that he did other than kill penalties. Kill penalties. Yeah, exactly. Not much that he did (laughs) other than kill penalties, but... uh, you know, it's somewhere that the Devils could have used an upgrade, and boy, oh boy, did Tom Fitzgerald go out and get an upgrade for Jaeger Sharangovich. My God. He packaged him uh, for a Tyler Toffoli. The Flames' leading scorer last season comes with Stanley Cup pedigree from the 2014 Los Angeles Kings team that won the Cup. He was in the finals in 21 with Montreal. Um Really, really, you know, player who makes his own opportunities significantly boost the devil's power play. This is the kind of move that contenders make. Yeah. Like, let's be real, Dan, though. He's not going to score 34 goals and 73 points again. Like we're talking about a 31 year old player. They typically don't peak afterwards. But Toffoli is very much a solid hand and he doesn't have to be the top scorer on this team. So that's more than acceptable. And the, and the reality is, as you said, Sharon Govich was another player that didn't figure into the Devils' long-term plans. When you're not a regular in the playoffs, even if with a scoring pedigree, and let's be real, Dan, the Devils didn't score exactly a ton of goals in that playoffs, even in the series they won or the series they lost. Uh, again, it's another sign that the, he he did not fit into the team's future. So the Devils took him. They got the third that they got for Damon Severson in the sign-and-trade earlier, earlier in June. And said, great, we're going to turn this into Tyler Toffoli because Calgary is blowing it up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since Toffoli, among other Calgary Flames, literally stood up and said, yeah, I don't know if I want to stay here very long. And uh, 
So good, good on Fitzgerald for poaching a situation out of a team that in some sort of disarray. And they did it by giving up practically nothing. You know, Sharon Govich was a, is a free agent. Uh, he did, I believe, re-sign in Calgary. So credit to him and best of luck to him in the future there. And the third round pick is was 80th overall. So, you know, it's a dart throw. Maybe mm-hmm. Adar Suniev becomes somebody. We don't know. But you're absolutely right, Dan. Toffoli is an instant upgrade for the forwards. He's going to play every day. He's going to be either on the second or third line. He's going to make that power play better. Uh, is he going to score 70 points again? Probably not. But he doesn't need to. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be that role. The Flames were in a weird position where they made a major trade and got rid of one of their top point producers, another one signed in Columbus. So they needed, you know, someone to step up and fill that role, and <laughs> Todd Foley certainly did. Um, but, man, is it good to see him uh, in a Devils uniform? Is it going to be good to see the power play actually have a significant amount of threat on both the first and second units? And that's something that also changes now, um, you know, with Damon Severson gone as he was – the anchor on one of the power play units sometimes. And so, uh, you know, Luke Hughes stepping up there, potentially you could have his brother anchoring the unit as well. Um, a lot of options for the devils now, but yeah, Toffoli is a very exciting ad for New Jersey. I think um, that's the kind of top six winger we're looking for. And in terms of rounding out the rest of the team, the top six looks as solid as it's ever going to look. We got, you know, Brat, Heischer, Toffoli, uh, Meyer, Hughes, and Mercer in some combination. And also not to say that, uh, you know, Fitz was done because he re-signed Timo Meyer to his big yeah. deal also under 10 million. Spectacular. Under 9 under million. Under 9 million, yeah. Which is yeah, impressive work from Fitz. Yeah, Fitzgerald has had a fantastic summer. He had a fantastic June. Um, he didn't do a lot what a lot of GMs would do, would just go, eh, he's a RFA, we'll just keep him and see, and we'll figure out trading him later. They just figured, let's move him now. Let's make a deal today, you know? And to fully improves the team at forward. You knew that Severson wasn't coming back, so the sign and trade was a great decision. You knew that McKenzie did, wasn't going to be a guy in your future, so you got rid of him for anything. And Timo Meyer is the type of guy that you do want to lock up long term. He's not going to go poor, Dan. He's making twelve million dollars this coming season. Yeah, uh, it, but it's six and six. He's getting six million in salary and six million in signing bonuses. So uh, the total contract seventy point four million. Uh, it's eight. It's eight. It's an eight point eight cap hit. And again, if he plays similarly to how he did the past couple seasons in San Jose, and does what he has shown in New Jersey, that that could become a bargain deal, Dan, which yeah. is I- impressive. The Devils even took Meyer to arbitration, so the Devils actually put the pressure on the Meyer camp, uh, which was his agent Claude Lemieux as well as Timo Meyer, to say, "Hey, we got to get a deal done." And uh, a deal is done, and so Meyer is locked up. Brat's locked up. Jack Hughes is locked up till 2030. Uh, the team's window, as it as it stands at forward, as you said, with uh, Nico Heischer, is guaranteed through 2027. And I got to think Heischer's going to sign another contract when that contract ends in four seasons. Oh, they'd be fools to let him go at this point. Uh, considering well, a lot can happen in four seasons, but I think it's, it's true. pretty good. It's true. Pretty good. We're, we're hoping that they maintain the level of you know competitive consistency over this time. And again. They can only go up because yeah. these players are still pretty young. And for the most part, you know, everyone kind of traded on and off hot streaks last year. Again, we look at Eric Halla with his like 2% shooting percentage last year. Just imagine if just a few more of those pucks had gone in, how many more of the Devils would have uh, points wise. And still they had their best season ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Um. So it's not an exaggeration to say that there's a lot of expectation, a lot of you know, a lot of things for these young guys to get adjusted to in the upcoming season. That's why Fitz went out 
and added some other free agents. So before yeah. we talk about the Devils' existing restricted free agents and who's still there and who still isn't, who got re-signed, let's talk about the new additions because there was one veteran added via trade and one added in – or several added in free agency. Let's start with yeah. um, the trade. So the trade happened for defenseman Colin Miller, uh, most recently of the Dallas Stars. He he serves as a third-line defensive, uh, defensive defenseman and essentially, he is insurance in case one of Hughes or Nemitz can't hack it. And he's also an upgrade over Brendan Smith. Yeah. Because uh, Colin Miller, believe it or not, Colin Miller has had a very solid career. But the reality is that his type is, well, common. You know, he's a one-way player. He's a fairly solid hand. He'll chip in a couple points. But if you're looking for offense from him, you're not really going to get a whole lot out of it. But he's been a solid hand in Boston, He was in Las Vegas, in Buffalo, Dallas last season. Um, yeah, if Kevin Ball gets hurt or Kevin Ball struggles, Brendan Smith struggles, Miller is an upgrade over them as well as the two rookies. So, And it, all co- it only costs a 2025 uh, fifth rounder, which is practically nothing. So uh, good on the Devils on... And he's under the $2 million too. Like the mm-hmm. Devils could have went out there and signed a guy from the market for $3 million or so, uh, given how much stupid money was spent on July 1st this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit to Fitzgerald for just saying, okay, we'll just take a pick three years from now. And that's in the late part of the draft anyway. And we'll take Colin Miller and be done with it. Mm-hmm. So, so solid ad, I would say, for the cost. Um, speaking of shrewdness, Dan, mm-hmm. just before July 1st, uh, the Devils went into a free agency and only qualified Kevin Ball. Yeah, They didn't qualify Jesper Brokvist and literally told him, you don't figure into our plans. He went unrestricted. He signed a contract in Boston. Yeah, uh, and Miles, uh, Miles Wood also has gone to Colorado, speaking right. of unrestricted free agents. I just wanted to say that mm-hmm. contract is insane. I don't understand it. Yeah. For the life of me, six years, $2.5 million a year. That's crazy. For a guy who was not the same after his hip injury, and I'm so thankful the Devils are not the ones paying it. Yeah, I mean, okay. Before we go further, I I, I just want to go over this, Dan. I made a quick top 10 list of the worst free worst contracts given out on July 1st. Mm-hmm. And there were a former and a couple of former ex-Devils on there. Uh Mackenzie Blackwood being re-signed for five million over two seasons. Uh, Mike Greer is the GM in San Jose, Dan. He he saw Mackenzie Blackwood play in New Jersey up up close and personal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would give him any amount of money after not qualifying him, but hey, he did. Um, the Miles Wood deal is a six-season deal. Oh, oh boy. This this once his speed goes, then Miles Wood is just gonna be a guy on the ice. Yep. And he's already, you know, he already, as you said, he already had a hip injury. Good luck. Good luck, Joe Sackick. Uh Ryan Graves signing with Pittsburgh for $27 million over six seasons. And look, it's not that Graves is a bad defenseman, Dan. Yeah. He is an okay defenseman. He's good. But that's that contract is either $5 million too much money or two seasons too long. And the sad thing is that this signing was necessary because Ron Hextall traded John Marino to the Devils. And so they, so Kyle Dubas comes into Pittsburgh and goes, wow, we could use a solid second pairing style uh, defensive defenseman. Someone mm-hmm. like John Marino. Well, we can't get John Marino. Let's get his former teammate in Ryan Graves. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much what that deal looks like. And again, uh, it, you know, it was the writing on the wall again. It was like, it, it was, 
something that we kind of knew was happening given how the devils had drafted and yeah graves you know he had his moments certainly he had his lapses certainly but he i mean he was as much a member of that locker room as everybody else it was just it's good to see those guys getting paid but it's also just as good to see the devils not paying them exactly <laughs> i'm, I'm happy that somebody else is paying them that's that's yeah. that's it's like with Stevenson. it's like great i'm glad he's getting the uh, most money all, in his career power but to not him, in new like, jersey yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no no eight year like whatever yeah, and, and nothing as remarkably strange as the seven-year deal to Pierre Engvall or seven seasons for Scott Mayfield or the fact that Ryan Reeves at age 36 got a three-season contract to Toronto, but, you know, Brad Traveliving wants that toughness again. So anyway, that being said, let's go back to Tom Fitzgerald, a smart general manager who had a smart summer. Um, as, as mentioned, he let both of us go, but he was able to not qualify Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian and re-sign them both for less than their qualifying offers. So that's some pretty good business there. Um, you know, one season for McLeod, two seasons for Bastion. I got to think their futures in New Jersey are probably not going to be too far ahead of age 27, Dan. Mm. But, uh, you know, um, they've been solid ads. They've been solid hands, I would say. I think McLeod did have a good playoff. Over, I think some fans overrate his playoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're like he won a lot of faceoffs and now he's like an essential fabric of the yeah, team. Like, yeah, no, no. If no. that was true, the Devils wouldn't have gone out and signed Thomas Noshek for a year, who's essentially McLeod. Uh, but he can play left wing. Yeah, that's and he's thirty. It's exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's locker room McLeod, right? It, basically, it, yeah. Noshek Noshek is McLeod coverage, and also it's also bad news for guys like Nolan Foot and Graham Clark because mm-hmm. over the in June, while you know Tom Fitzgerald was making his media rounds, he was bigging, he was pumping Nolan Foot's tires. He was bigging him up, Dan. I mean, it was almost like you. I don't know if he was trying to like promote him for a, a trade or something else. Uh, I know the organization likes Nolan Foot. They're he's talking him up like, oh, he's an example of how good our development cycle is. He's exactly what we want in development. He's he's a guy to watch for. Well, Thomas Noshek plays his position. So with Miles Wood gone, logically you would have said, okay, Nolan Foot, it's your time to shine. Nope. You got Thomas Noshek now in your way. So yeah. have have fun in camp, I suppose. Uh in addition to that, uh Noshek was the latest of a bunch of centers, the devil signed, because if you looked at the Devils and the Utica Comets as a as a depth chart, Dan, center was remarkably weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, say what you, you know, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Eric Halla, Eric, Michael McLeod is a very solid foursome, but heaven forbid an injury happens to any yeah. of those guys. Uh, then you're kind of dead in the water, ho- hoping guys could fill in in a pinch. So rather than asking Dawson Mercer to fill in as a center or Goodness, apparently Nathan Bashing supposedly can play center. I don't believe it, but whatever. Uh, Shane Bowers that they got for Riley Walsh as a center, albeit for Utica. Uh, Kyle Crisicolo, he's a tweener. He can be a, a center for Utica. Justin Dowling, who played in Vancouver and a bunch of spots at NHL, he can be your call-up guy at age 32. Chris Tierney is another guy who has been a solid fourth liner in this league, but is now looking to enter his tweener years, so to speak. Uh, since he spent he split time between the AHL and the NHL last season, and I believe he was only claimed by Montreal last year because Montreal literally had bodies to fill. Yeah. Um. So that's one, two, three, four, five, and with Noshik six, six centers. <laughs> it's basically it, the Devils haven't drafted centers, so yeah, yeah. There you go. You got to you got to get them somewhere. So uh, a lot of two way deals. Noshik was a one way deal. Uh, obviously, McLeod and Bashan were one way deals, but the other. 
men, others I mentioned were two ways. And the other thing of note was a third string goalie uh, to fill in the gap while Nico Dawes is recovering from surgery. That guy is Eric Kalgren or Kalgren guy who played a bunch of games for Toronto the last couple seasons and made everybody in Toronto shocked because Eric Kalgren isn't that great, but like most things in Toronto, it was the regular season. So they were fine. Yeah. I, you know, like I was reading about this guy. What's his name? Kalgren, right? Yeah. It's a guy I just talked about. So, so with him, <laughs> right? Like it, it, it's an example of like, <laughs> he's a really good third goalie, which is an interesting statement to say, right? Like he's like, not someone you'd ever want on the first team, but man, if things go wrong, we're happy to have this guy. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know <laughs> if I'd go that far. Well, that's uh, what it's been described as basically. I, know, I think but it's that's so it, that... weird. I think, it, I think that's just like a very weird scenario of like, well then, you know, why is this guy getting AHL contracts then exclusively? Like, why hasn't he given him more of a shot? Because he's an AHL goalie. Like, don't expect yeah, him to be a like a goalie. Dawes permanent replacement. Dawes is hurt, but when he's back, he'll be there. Exactly. And and in Utica, they already have Isaac Poulter. Uh, goodness, they signed Jeremy Brodor yes. from England. Because that's where, that's where he ended up professionally. But it's ECHL goaltending. You, you just need guys at that level. It, it's fine. Can, necessarily for the future yeah but you do have to you know roster wise the way things work out you do you know it behooves you as an organization to have a couple of goalies in hand and while tyler brennan is also joining utica he's literally coming right out of juniors like you Mm. don't want to shock him too early the devils found out found that out the hard way with dawes and schmid among others i mean it also seems like brennan didn't have all that great of a season well, no, but it's goaltending is very hard to evaluate at the junior level because yes. goaltending is such a, a position that's tied to how good your team is. Yeah. So, for example, you know, you know, so the old line used to be that uh, back when Brodor, Martin Brodor was getting drafted, not his kids, you know, you look at his numbers as a junior and you'd be like, uh, but then you'd be told, no, it's good because it meant he saw a lot of pucks. Mm-hmm. You don't want a goalie who hasn't done a lot of work, Yeah. Uh, which, okay. But um, I mean, look at Akira Schmid, right? He played in three different leagues before playing in the play, like within well, two years. Well, hold on. Let's what let's walk that back first a little bit. In, okay. ca- in case of Schmid, he, he got draft. He got drafted by Lethbridge of the mm-hmm. WHL. He played one game and he got creamed and Lethbridge's management just overreacted and cut him. That's like, crazy. They didn't even give him a second chance. One game. One game. And then because of that, he had to scramble to find work anywhere because this may shock you. Goaltending is kind of a hard position to fill. It, it's literally a game of musical chairs. You just go find somewhere to play. So he spent two games in the NAHL just to be active. And thankfully, someone in the USHL had a spot for him in Omaha. And that's when we got into the USHL that year. So that's where you get your three leagues coming in. But it does speak to the point of, you know, goaltending as, as a position, you 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 have to allow failure to a degree for guys to develop. But at the same time, if you allow too much failure, you're losing like badly. So you're in a constant struggle of figuring out like what's, you know, the right balance of what's legit and what's not, what's worth growing. What's what's not worth growing. Even if you just look at the draft this year, you know, one of the best goalies out of this year's draft class was Jacob Fowler. He was the USHL goaltender of the year. He, you know, has been a stud ever since he joined Youngstown Phantoms. He even got a quick call up with the U.S. uh, national team, under 18 team for a game or two just to fill in. And yet he wasn't anywhere close to the first goalie drafted this year. The first guy that was drafted was an an NAHL guy from Chippewa 
who played a cup of coffee at Green Bay in the USHL named Adam, Adam Gajan, his you look at his numbers, and you're like, these are kind of mid, but he won 35th overall because someone on Chicago must have looked at him and said, well, if you beef him up and put him in a professional organization, he'll be great. And it's like, sure, but where's the beef, my dude? But that's that's how it is with goaltending, you know? Yeah, well, well, one day we'll figure out how to evaluate goaltenders, but it I mean, is not this day. It doesn't even <laughs> just apply to juniors. You can have a goalie put up a Vezina type season and then just completely fall off within the next oh, year, you know? Like, oh, tons of examples like that. I mean, so many. And I, I'm very convinced that Olmark is going to be one of them. Very oh. convinced. <laughs> well, Olmark at least can say he was the best goaltender this past season. I have actually, was I have he a pro- though? Oh, yeah, Dan, I've actually done some research on this. Let me, this okay. is a, uh, this is what I got cooking for Friday for a post that no one will read. So not any of the uh, well, me, realistically, it's Sorokin of the New York guys this year, but not him. Well, you say well, Allmark out of goalies who played at least thirty percent of this past season because lots of teams do tandems now, so you can't just like cut it off at like who's played at least half the season. Then you lose you lose out on like all of Carolina's goaltenders or Las Vegas's goaltenders. Mm-hmm. And even Florida's only Bobrovsky played over 42 games for that team. And he, which is crazy because look at his regular season. It was not very good, but no, all of a sudden he just anyway, turns it on, you know? Right. So 48 goaltenders played at least 30% of this past season. Allmark led the league in save percentage by a, like, like almost, almost a full percentage. Mm-hmm. He led in goals saved above average at 48.54, meaning he saved 40, nearly 49 more goals than the average goalie. And even if you do it per 60 minutes to cut off the game's played requirement, he's at 1.01, which clears the rest of the league by far. Like he was by statistically, Dan, he was by far the best goaltender this past season. But you're absolutely right because that team was super good because Jeremy Swayman was also a top 10 goaltender. <laughs> Yeah, You know, Boston was just pretty much, you know, the juggernaut. But uh, does that mean it's easy to see why they might have run into trouble in the playoffs? Like, was were well, they being buoyed a lot by this performance you're talking about? Well, what happened was, it was apparently Olmark got injured. Mm. And you know what happens? Oh, it's the playoffs. You got to play through the injuries, Dan. You got to be tough. You got to be a man. You got to step up. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to sacrifice for the Stanley Cup. But, yeah. Which, you know, yeah, romantically, it sounds cool. And I get it. In life, everybody's dealing with something. You got to perform when you're less than 100%. But Olmark's less than 100% was clearly impacting his performances. And I think Jim Montgomery, if he could re- if he could redo it over again, he would have played, he would have started Swayman in a couple of these games and uh, got out of, you know, got out of that uh, series with Florida with the W. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what happened. Olmark, but that's also to your point. How significant is this injury? Is mm-hmm. he going to be fine when he comes back? Is he going to be the same goalie? There's many cases, Dan, where a goalie will have an awesome season statistically and be by far the best goalie in the league. You know, like think Sergei Bobrovsky in 2017. Mm-hmm. He was the best goalie in the league by far. Like this was not a question, you know. And then Bobrovsky was never a top five goalie statistically until his next Vezina trophy <laughs> in 20. Well, yeah. In, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, he wasn't since then. He hasn't been. Well, he just, he, he just turned into a okay to bad goalie for the. Well, for the, to, to bring it all season. back to our original point, goaltending is just too mercurial. It, it, it's something that yeah. like you can sign all the insurance you want. We've seen the Devils go through it. Honestly, you're just gonna have to hope that when they weren't able to make the big splash, and I don't know that it makes sense for them to do that with how their salary situation looks elsewhere on the team. Like the rest of the roster looks pretty locked in and they don't have all that much space left over. 
Correct. But they don't want to be spending a lot of money on a older goalie. Like Hellebuck wants a longer deal with a lot of money, and he has earned that amount of money. But that's not to say that's what the Devils need to get, you know, to make it over the top. Thank he, you. Yes. Yeah. He, he the the Devils can have a campaign from a very you know respectable goalie campaign would do enough for them. Look at Darcy Kemper winning the cup. You know, it, it was something that he is not well, a world beating goaltender. He was well, for he, that playoff season. He was in that season too. He was a top five goalie. That's but fine. But, but anyone but can be that. <laughs> you're right. Like look at the guys who won it this past season. The the goalies in, for Las Vegas in the playoffs were 27 games of Adam Hill and 11 games of Laurent Brassat. They were the first team to put four goalies on the cup. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. it's not and, like and, quarterbacks where if you have more than one of them, it can't work out. Like, no. As long as they work out enough, each one, you can make it happen. And yeah. like I said, you know, it would have been nice to make the big splash for someone, you know, name reliability and goal, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what the core of this team looks like and say, that's definitely good enough. That if someone is average in goal, this team should still win a ton of games. Or even if they're bad. If I, again, my post on Friday will go into this, but a couple of the top four teams, you know, final four teams in the playoffs, you know, Detroit was a game away from winning it all in 2009 with a terrible Chris Sosgood, mm-hmm. who is legitimately the worst goaltender of that season. Yeah. You know, Michael Layton and Brian Boucher shared the net for Philly that went to the Stanley Cup final in 2010. Martin Berdor's 2011-2012 season was not a good season. He went to the Stanley Cup finals. I, I mean, mean Marc-Andre Fleury was replaced by Matt Murray several times. Well, only well, in playoff runs. Also. Well, Fleury was also injured, but yeah. Well, fine, uh, but still, like the point is Jonathan Quick's second cup, he had a mid-season. He yeah. went all the way. Um Braden Holtby's cup winning season was a bad season for him. He had a bad season, Dan. Yep. He won it all in seven games. The point Jordan Bennington was legitimately good in his season and then he turned he, he fell off afterwards he's Tuka an Rasku, pumpkin now Tuka Rasku is behind him who has been a quality goaltender Dan had a mid-season but uh the but your but your your larger point is correct Dan is that you need your goaltending to be at least good enough to get you there because having a top tier goaltender does help you out in a lot of cases but it's not a guarantee you're going to go all the way because as much as I could say this this 2021 Stanley uh final four you know Vasilevsky was a top 10 goalie. Semen Varlamov was a top 10 goalie. Flurry was a top 10 goalie and won the Vezina that year. Mm-hmm. But there's also seven other guys that also had awesome seasons that didn't come close to that. Well, I'm they not saying it's like, you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not going to say that it's bad to have a great goalie, but I will say that having a great goalie can mask a lot of uh, deficiencies elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, they're, they're more insidious deficiencies that you're not going to fix as long as the results keep coming. But Again, with a great goalie that steals games for you, there's going to be a lot of moments like that where you don't really see how egregious those problems are because the goalies bailed you out the whole time. To the devil's credit, they have not had a goalie bail them out of anything for the last like decade and a half. Well, but Schmied, this Schmied. last season, Schmid and Vanacek, um, and you know Vanacek had a good season. I mean, he did as, have a as, good season. As far the as the playoffs goes, was bad, but his season was good. He had a very serviceable season, and again, it proved that that's all the Devils needed. It's not like he was a top five Vezina contender, but the Devils were top three in the league despite that. Exactly, like a, a top five goalie for the better part of the last decade would be Pekka Rinne. Yeah, and he's only made it to the prop. To the, he's only played for a trophy, the Stanley Cup once. Mm-hmm. Once, Dan, like he didn't, he he hasn't been to the Western Conference Finals since that that cup run. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to sit here and say Pekka Rene is a scrub. 
or no. a loser because of that. Well, that would be wrong. But, but that but that goes to your point is that Nashville's biggest problem is that they never built a team that was good enough to get the most out of Rene because, uh-huh. and it's not like they're paying Rene a ton of money either. It's the like, Rangers with Lundqvist. It, 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 well, exactly. Well, the Rangers, I think, I think have the better idea. I think if Nashville did a little bit more what New York did, that would probably be beneficial to them. But New York, uh, you know, I'm sure Shaturkin and like Lundqvist are having a talk right now going, I can't believe it. We give these guys our legitimate bests We're we're putting up awesome, you know, <laughs> efforts. And it's like our teams just stop caring at some point and we can't score goals or make plays. And I just want to punch somebody. And then you what look do you want at the me other, to do, my dude? <laughs> the other side of the coin to me is Sorokin, where he's a great goalie, obviously. He, he bails the Islanders out of a lot of situations. And he got paid but, this summer, too. But the Islanders do help him out a bunch by playing the style that they play. Like, they're a very oh, yeah. tight team defensively. Yeah, when, when, so when, the shots yeah. he does see are usually, you know, of easier quality, which is good for them. I'm not saying this to disparage them. I'm saying that he works perfectly within their system. And, to and that's what you need. Up. Yeah. That's what you need. You need their system. You need a system that your team can, you know, be strong in, and you need a you need some tactics for when you come against systems that will hurt you. And that's I think what did the Devils in worse. It wasn't because Vanacek or Schmid didn't play well enough against Carolina. The problem Which was that Car- they didn't also they didn't. But Carolina's style of play, the Devils just had no answer for it, like yeah. none. They spent sixty percent of the game in their own end of the ring. You're not going to win. You're they just were- not going to win like that. I mean, they were overwhelmed, but, you know, you go into this season, you see the changes that Fitz made to the locker room, to Foley, Miller. These are veteran guys, no check, veteran guys for the locker room. Now that they have the experience of winning a playoff round, it's about more. It's about how do you keep your emotions level? How do you adjust to a new system that you're overwhelmed by? And how do you declare that, well, last year was a surprise, like you belong to be here every year for the next five at least. Like this, right. that's what this now becomes about. And last season went better than any of us could have ever expected, but it wasn't that far off from expectations that we had at some point, given the talent on this roster. So exactly. Uh, I'm now, just now is the time to, to contend. Coming. Yeah, definitely. Now, now, to that being said, Dan, as a nice segue, there's a couple of things that the Devils still have to do. Mm-hmm. There's two actual major things. First, Kevin Ball. He is the only restricted free agent yet to be signed. He had no arbitration rights, so I this could be, be done signed. at some. Yeah. He'll be signed for sure. Kevin yeah. Ball has he has no choice I, unless he wants to hold out. But that would be the yeah, dumbest thing he could possibly yeah. do. Like <laughs> especially since okay, my bro, <laughs> uh, Simon Nemec and Luke Hughes now have your job for reals. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, Kevin Ball will definitely be resigned. Um, the other thing, and this was something Fitzgerald announced in June, but he hasn't officially made this happen yet. Uh, maybe curse of the commentator is about to happen, but we'll see. Um, uh, Lindy Russ new contract. Mm, he did. He, he signed for two years. No, no, I thought he they not, said something they not, about it. No, no, he has not been signed yet. Oh, okay. So it's, he's going to be signed. It's a question of how much and how long, um, I, how much does it matter to us? There's no cap for coaches. It doesn't impact anybody, but Josh Harris and David Blitzer. Um, but we'll see how long he's kept. You know, we'll see how how long Lindy Ruff keeps going. Obviously, the core of the team, Jack Hughes, uh, Nico Heischer, Dougie yeah. Hamilton, all them, they 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 are pro rough. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, at, there's there's worse options in keeping the guy. And plus, after the seat, after coaching the team to the best season ever, yeah, it would be a bad. You could only justify it if he did something stupid, right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, in terms of other things, just to clean up stuff. Uh, the Devils will be participating in the Prospects Challenge up in Buffalo in September. 
So that's going to be Friday, September 15th, Saturday, September 16th, and Monday, September 18th. Uh, prospects, which will most likely be actual prospects and Utica Comets, will go up against uh, three teams. Um, they'll be playing Ottawa at noon on Friday. They'll be playing Buffalo, the hosts, at 7 p.m. on Saturday. And then they'll play Boston on Monday at 10 a.m. All games have already been announced to be streamed on NewJerseyDevils.com. And there will also be clips and other things on Twitter or X, uh, YouTube or uh, Alphabet Tube, whatever you want to call it. Hey, don't look for clips on X. Just do yourself a favor. Don't look for videos on X, okay? Everybody out there, this is your public service announcement. Do not go. Do that. Wait till he uh, brings it back to Twitter. Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, or TikTok, a.k.a. the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, I love it. But more seriously, the devil. Let's save our thoughts on late stage capitalism for another podcast. But more importantly than that, Dan, (laughs) uh, tickets will be available later in August and they're going to be sell through the Sabres. So if you're going to be in the area that weekend, it's 10 bucks. You might as well go. It's preseason, preseason hockey. Mm -hmm. And this is where I would say if you're a young prospect like a Josh Philman, a Tobias Villen, Jesper Bratt, to name a name from the past, uh, these are the sorts of tournaments where if somebody starts standing out, they can start earning some more opportunities for when the preseason begins later that September. Um, so there's there, there'll be some juice, uh, so to speak, in that prospects challenge. Mm-hmm. And until then, enjoy your summer. Follow the Linka Gretzky Cup if you really want to. If you really need a hockey fix, I know Israel's got their league going. Australia <laughs> has their league going. New Zealand has their league going. Look, the odds are good. They're, the odds are there, Dan, but the good the, the, the goods are odd. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You know, we're not talking top tier hockey here uh, outside no. of the Linka Gretzky. That should actually be entertaining. It's it's <laughs> basically the unofficial start to the draft year. Um, so that's that's all we got really until ball gets signed, ref gets a new contract, and we'll see if the devils I don't think they'll do anything else, maybe a PTO or two just to fill out the camp. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more excited for camp to start just to see which of the guys, Holtz, Clark. Um, you know, which of the prospect guys ends up taking that spot, um, that third line winger spot. I think that's what we're looking for most of all. Everything else looks pretty locked into place. So um, we'll see how camp goes. We'll see who stands out and who becomes the uh, the Dawson Mercer of the situation. Absolutely. There's always opportunities. You're not there to take a spot. I'm sorry. You are there to take a spot. You're not there to get a spot, if that makes yeah. any sense. There. Mm-hmm. I know words. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you all again for listening. I know it's been a while since our last episode, but I think we, uh, we've recapped pretty much everything that went down and we'll be back to kind of, you know, as the season approaches, we'll have more frequency to these episodes. Just it's summer. Let's take some time. And as I prepare for my second batch of international travel, oh God, I'm looking forward to hockey starting. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, Thank you all as always, and let's go Devils. See you next time.